the volume. Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. Hi, let's talk about Pro Plan Sport. Pro Plan Sport is advanced nutrition made to fuel strength and stamina in active dogs like yours. So wherever your next journey together takes you, start it off right with the high-performance fuel your dog needs to keep pushing you every step of the way. Pro Plan Sport. Learn more at ProPlansport.com. You know our trusted partner, TireRack.com, for their fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of best tires, like the highly consumer-rated Kumo Majesty 9 Solus TA91. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin, TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Colin Coward Podcast presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. No better place to bet the action than on FanDuel Sportsbook during the football season. There's a lot of reasons. It's America's number one sportsbook. Incredibly easy to use. Super safe, totally secure. Super fast payouts in as quick as two hours. You're not going to get that anywhere. Also, same game parlay bets, live betting. It's the best. Hey, if you're new, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. I did it in 15 seconds. Get started now. Sign up. Please use the promo code Colin so they know we sent you. Please use the promo code Colin, C-O-L-I-N. FanDuel Sportsbook app. Sign up. This is Prime Cuts, the best of the Colin Coward podcast. Another week, more great guests. Akeem Tlaib, great reaction to the Rams and Matt Stafford winning the Lombardi. Sixer GM Daryl Morey. Behind the scenes on how he pulled off the Ben Simmons-James Harden blockbuster. Top NBA insider Marcus Thompson. Trade deadline, Lakers struggles, and man, those Warriors are interesting. But first, my top takes of the week. When I look at the Rams, I look at them differently than I do Cincinnati. First of all, McVay is not going to retire. It's absolute nonsense. He's trying to get a contract extension. His last contract negotiation was rough, and he didn't get what he wanted. Stan Kroenke, the owner, is a tough negotiator. By the way, Les Snead, the GM of the Rams, is paid significantly less than somebody with his resume. McVay is paid significantly less than somebody with his resume. Uh, Aaron Donald is not going to retire. Uh, I, I'm not sure where everybody's getting these stories. I'll ask Akib Tlaib about Aaron Donald, but I don't buy it. Uh, I just think Aaron Donald's too good. Uh, he's too passionate. He loves the game. He's hyper competitive. You can see when guys, you can hear when guys are done with the game. 
I don't think Aaron Donald's retiring. But I look at these two teams differently. I think the best days of the Bengals are obviously ahead. I think the division now, we don't know what Cleveland's going to do eventually at quarterback or the Steelers. I, I think Cincinnati could dominate their division for years. You know, the Rams are in a tougher division. My, my guess is if Pete Carroll doesn't win this year, Russell Wilson will get an offensive coach in Seattle. Kyler Murray, the Niners, Kyle Shanahan has had McVay's number for most of it. Uh, I think it'll be a, a tougher ask to get the Rams back into the Super Bowl because it's hard. L.A., people get gassed up. They get endorsements. Uh, I think they're in a tougher division. Uh, I th- and I think Shanahan is arguably the first or second best young coach in football and McVay's first or second. So, you know, if you'd have put Andy Reid in Bill Belichick's division, you know, for a decade, Bill Belichick's not winning all those divisions, not getting home field, not getting a buy, and some years not getting out of it. So it's not that the Rams won't be really good, but that division, I think, is only getting better. Trey Lance has a chance to be a, an upgrade over Jimmy G. Kyler Murray, despite what you're reading this weekend, he's coming back to Arizona. Russell Wilson will eventually, if he stays, get an offensive coach. Um, and I'm not saying the tarmac doesn't have some length to it, but I could see Cincinnati dominating their division for most of the next 10 years with Joe Burrow and Zach Taylor. Ab- and those receivers. Absolutely. You know, what's funny about these Super Bowls. If the Rams didn't drive for the winning touchdown, the story would have been McVeigh's insistence on running the football in the second half. Right. Like narratives change based on the outcome, but the winners write the final chapter. And I kept thinking in the second half, the story is going to be McVeigh and his sort of stubborn rigidity running the ball on second and three, turning it into third and six and third and seven over and over and over again. But, you know, Stafford changes all that. That's why they upgraded. And I also think what you see with Stafford, and I hope this is not undersold, third string tight end, a four string wide receiver in, no Higby in the Super Bowl, OBJ out at halftime. Those are significant losses. They couldn't even use their backup tight end. He had a shoulder injury. You're talking about these are timing routes, timing positions, and he's going to third and four string guys. That is that is a big ask against a defense in Cincinnati. We all got to be honest here. That pass rush gave the Rams more trouble than I think certainly I predicted. You know, the, the story of the game going in was the Rams defensive line, and it was an issue. I mean, Aaron Donald in the second half was unblockable. But the Bengals, I thought, did just about as impressive a job, especially from the edges on Matt Stafford against the tackles, against the Rams, the strength of their offensive line. So I think the best team won. Uh, I'm not going to get too much into the calls. Refs whiffed on one in the first half against the Bengals and the holding stuff. Deep in the red zone, they're going to call that stuff. They're, they're just going to call that in that situation. You ever meet anybody and they complain that they can never meet the right person? And could be a man, could be a woman, perpetually single or have had bumpy relationships. And then the more you listen to them talk and confide in you, you think to yourself, maybe they're part of the problem. You know, I was thinking about Kevin Durant. His career started with Westbrook and Harden, but Kevin's very passive aggressive. He's not real confrontational. And because of that, even though Westbrook drove him nuts, 
he never went to the front office and demanded a move by them. Therefore, he broke him up. Then he goes to Golden State, San Francisco, right? It's great. Gets into some fights with Draymond Green. But instead of confronting Draymond Green, he left the dynasty. And what is he left with? Wacky Kyrie Irving. Bizarre end-of-game liability Ben Simmons. And a roster that's not close to Milwaukee's chemistry and Miami's chemistry and certainly not Philadelphia's chemistry. I kind of feel with Kevin Durant, it's on Kevin Durant. I mean, the Westbrook situation in OKC, if you would have gone to management and said, me or Westbrook, you think they would have chosen Durant, right? Like there was arguments already being made that he was the second best player in the league to LeBron in Golden State. If he'd have said, dude, let's spend a couple of days, Draymond, hashing this thing out. I'll pay for the therapist. He'd be right now on the best team, arguably, in the league. I like Kevin Durant, but this is why confrontation is good and passive aggressive is not. I mean, Kobe Bryant went to the Lakers and said, get me another star or I'll go to Chicago. They got him Pau Gasol. You know, Michael Jordan did this on multiple occasions. Get me this and get rid of this guy. Kevin Durant's situation is the Bermuda Triangle of weirdness. Anti-vaxxer, flat earther, sage in the locker room, Kyrie Irving. Ben Simmons, afraid to shoot free throws, doesn't want the ball in key situations in the playoffs, even though he's in his prime. It's hard to feel sorry for people who don't confront their problems. If you end up in another bad relationship, look in the mirror. Other thoughts. Kyler Murray making a lot of noise for the Arizona Cardinals. He scrubbed the Arizona Cardinals from his social media. They took some shots at him, leaked it to Adam Schefter. He went back on social media. It doesn't happen very often, but we saw something happen during the pandemic. A big chunk of employees retired. And employees now, for the only time in my life that I can recall, employees, even young, talented employees, young employees, have leverage sometimes over companies. Uh, ZipRecruiter, you've heard of ZipRecruiter? They have job openings. They post job openings. Since the pandemic started, the percentage of companies offering retirement plans to employees has jumped 30%, almost a third. Like, that had mostly gone away. Pensions had gone away. A lot of benefits had evaporated. Oh, not anymore. Because now employees with remote work, with a lot of people getting into early retirement, the employees now have the power or at least equal footing with employers. And that's what Kyler Murray has. Kyler Murray looks around and goes, OK, Russell Wilson's in my division. Matt Stafford's in my division. Kyle Shanahan's in my division. What was Arizona before I got here? The GM and the coach were going to get fired. So Kyler Murray's just saying, pay me early. Josh Allen got money early. Like Josh Allen, I'm getting better every year. I've taken a franchise that lost a lot and made them more viable. This doesn't happen a lot. It hasn't happened a lot in my life. And I'm, you know, 58 years old. But I think Kyler Murray is doing what a lot of employees are now doing. Hey, I got the leverage. It doesn't happen much. I'm going to take advantage of it. And he's right. I mean, Baker Mayfield and Lamar Jackson did not get the bag early and both got hurt. 
Josh Allen got the bag early, but he's 6'6", 250. Kyler Murray looks in the mirror and goes, I'm 5'10", 210. I want the money. I want it now. I have leverage. And And I'll say this. In my history with dealing with corporations, I've rarely had leverage other than, you know, I have a decent size audience. But when you do have leverage as an employee, you best take it because you may never have it again. College basketball is heating up. FanDuel Sportsbook has an offer you don't want to miss. Right now, new customers can place their first college basketball bet risk-free. And if you don't win, you'll get up to $1,000 back. Bet college basketball any way you like. Same game parlay bets. Jump into action with live betting. FanDuel, by the way, now live in New York. Just don't bet too much on the Giants next season. The app's easy to use. Hooking up with great odds. When you get paid, if you win, little as two hours. The number one sportsbook is FanDuel. Download the FanDuel Sportsbook app today. Sign up. Promo code Colin. Your first bet risk-free. Up to $1,000. That's the promo code C-O-L-I-N. 21 plus and present in Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Indiana, and Louisiana. Permitted parishes only. Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, Virginia, or West Virginia. First online real money wager only. Refund issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 533-42-ARIZONA. 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat. Connecticut, 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Indiana, Jersey, and Virginia. 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-877-HOP. P-E-N-Y or text H-O-P-E-N-Y 467-369 in New York, Tennessee. Redline 1-800-889-9789 Tennessee. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net in West Virginia. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes 
that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. All right, Akib, um, my, my first takeaway, let's go to the final drive of the game. Um, listen, Stafford had the highest passer rating in the NFL this year in the second half and fourth quarter. So, yeah. he, you know, he and Cup do what they, what they do. I, what I think is interesting, they were using a third-string tight end and had a fourth-string wide receiver on the game. And I think that that's, that's important because this game's all about timing. Right. And I thought that part of the game we weren't talking about enough. They had a, a Notre Dame rookie on the field. He didn't play during the season. They had a right. third. I, I mean, I, I will say this. The final drive to me it was pretty damn clutch. I mean, how did you right. see it? And then you see, you see what he resorted to, right? He, he ain't go to the guy. Or every guy you named, he ain't throw them guys the ball. He went straight to Cooper Cup. I don't care. I know you double teamed. You just got to win. And he trusted Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup won them routes for him, man. That was huge. Even on the holding calls, those were real holds. Cooper Cup made you hold him. He crossed his face. 55 had to hold him. Eli Apple had, Eli Apple had to grab him and hold him or, or he would have scored or he would have, he would have won those routes, man. So Cooper Cup won for him. You know, it's interesting. Some people will complain about the holding call on Logan Wilson, but my takeaway in a situation like that, regardless of how the game has been called, right. he had his hands all over him. Right. I mean, it's holding, man. It, hey, it's, if you let him, if you, don't, if you don't get your body over there and stop him with your body, with your body position, then it's holding, man. You, if he cross your face and you got to grab him in order to pull yourself back through, it's holding. And, and they got to call that. So they caught it. It, it was a holding. When you played in the league, um, and I and I went on Twitter and I said, "Listen, it's the season. I would hold too. Like I, I would rather hold and you not get a touchdown. Like if you've been in situations where you don't have an you don't have an option. Hey, it's that's part of the game. Sometimes you got to hold. Sometimes you got to hold and give them a fresh set of downs and stand up three more times. So you got to win to your leverage. That's what you got to do, Colin. You don't win to your leverage, then bad things happen. <laughs> so. There was a discussion before the game. Um, Rodney Harrison said Aaron Donald, if he wins a ring, may retire. And I thought, damn, he's the best D tackle in the game by a mile. <laughs> no, I don't know if I – I mean, seriously, I, I don't know. If, if I was McVay, I would go to him and just say, Akeem, i just say, dude, I'm, I'm going to give you no pads during practice during the season. Like, Man. I, I don't know. I, I don't know if I could lose that guy. I think I would go to him and say, listen, what do you want to stay? Yeah, I think – me personally, just being around AD too much, I don't know where Rodney Harrison got it from, but he love it too much, man. He's so competitive. He's the most competitive guy on the team. He'll sit at home one year. Oh, he'll be back the next year. So, I mean, <laughs> if he take a year off, he take a year off. But, hey, AD, the most competitive guy, he'll miss it too much. So, tell me about him. You were on this team. What? I mean, obviously, he's got great speed for his size, but just his personality. What's it like in the locker room? Man, he's just a regular guy. You know, he he really he's not one of the louder guys in the locker room. He's just, you know, he AD, man. He he gonna chime in on a few jokes. 
AD ain't the loudest guy in the locker room, man, but he lead the he lead the building the building in effort, man. He's the last one out of the locker room, like, and I'm not just saying this. He's the last one out of the weight room, and the first one in the weight room after practice getting extra work. So he's super good at leading by example, man. He gonna show you the work that I put in. Y'all see all the work that I put in. Y'all see what I do on the field. It's because I do all this. So he like the you need somebody in your building like that, Kyle. You need somebody who gonna. Lead the whole team by example. He got to be the dog of our work ethic. And it's crazy when it's your best player who do that for you. What do you make? Can you explain to me, Cooper Cup? Um, he is. He I mean, listen, there are just guys that get open. I grew up. You don't remember this guy. When I was a kid, there was a guy named Steve Largent. He played for the yeah. Seahawks. I never got to watch. Him. I heard about him, but I never got to watch. Him. He was a great route runner. Always faster than people thought. Your takeaway on what makes Cooper Cup a pain in the butt to defend? Uh, I think it's I think it's at the top of his routes. He got he got about three or four different moves at the top of his route. So he could run a corner. He could run a regular corner route like three different ways. You know what I'm saying he could speed run it. He can give you like a one two, or he can give you the one two three. You know what I'm saying? So he got. I think he the, he he probably the top in the league right now at just the top of his route. So, you know, it's an option route. You know, I got to pick away. Right. And you know, you got this leverage, but he still could, he still could win to that leverage. So I, I if I had to pinpoint one thing, I say it's what he do at the top of the routes. And it's his size, man. That size get that yak up. He a tough tackle. So you don't, you don't think he's six two, two fifteen. He a big guy. So that size with that shiftiness, man, he, he it's hard to deal with in that slot. So there's been reports that Sean McVay may retire. I don't buy it for a second. Man, why everybody retiring, man? <laughs> Come on, Colin. They win the chip. Everybody retiring. Come on now. They, you know what I he saw wants. They extend Stafford. They can't extend Stafford if McVay retire. I can't. If, if McVay retires, Stafford might as well retire. I'm gone too. You know what it is. The last time McVay had a contract negotiation, it was rough. Yeah. And, and so this one, he's got two years left. Shouldn't be that rough this time. That shouldn't be this way, right? <laughs> it shouldn't be that rough this time, Colin, man. I mean, hey, Sean is a great leader, man. Shout out to Sean, man. He deserved this. He 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 create that vibe that all the players want, man. What you think the NFL is, that's the vibe that Sean create, man. It's, a lot of guys get to the NFL and they think it's going to be one thing and they get a rude awakening. It's nothing like what you think it is. You know what I'm saying? But the vibe that exactly what you think it is, man, that real professional type treatment, that's exactly what Sean is, man. So that's why guys love to play for him. That's why I love to play for him. That's why I got a lot of respect for him. He really deserved his Super Bowl. You you said Akibi treated he treated you like a man. Yeah. What do you mean by that? Man, I I'll tell you some of the stuff that I I had in the past, like come in the building, take your hats off. Like Take come in the building, you know, don't don't bring your phones in the eating area or the treatment area. Like it's like little kid rules Wear wear collar polos around home games, around the locker room. If you leave out your hotel room, have a polo shirt on and be dressed like it's just little stuff like that. That's that's little stuff. Right, Colin. But we like grown men here. I got I got like freshmen in high school kids. You know what I'm saying? And, and you nitpicking at the little small stuff. man. it's it's bigger than that. Just it's. It's a certain way that, man, that a player could be treated around that building and you don't get it everywhere. I had a, I had what, three, six, seven, eight different head coaches 
And you don't get it all the time, Colin, I'm telling you. And Sean do a great job creating that vibe that players love. Jalen Ramsey, your buddy, had a pretty rough, I mean, listen, tough assignments. Jamar yeah. Chase, T. Higgins. Uh, I thought that T. Higgins face mask, that was a pretty bad miss by the officials. Yeah. yeah. But when you're a corner, the reality is you can't lose your confidence. I mean, I'm sorry, Indeed. but you, you just got to have a short memory. What do you think Jalen's thinking? He won. You think he's just happy? Let me see. Higgins, four for 100. Chase, five for 89. Higgins had the long touchdown on him, 75. Uh he mad. He he happy he won, but Jalen is a, a top tier competitor, man. You know what I'm saying? And he want to be successful in games like this, man. Uh, but he gonna see some more, man. He young. He gonna see some more. He gonna get in this game again, and that's gonna be his passion now. Now he gonna want to get back to this game and play well in this game. So it, it is what it is. He he definitely was passing the fear away. God grabbed him and threw him down. You got to call that, man. You take that 75 yards off, I don't know if his day will be that bad. That's right. He looked a lot better without that touchdown, you know what I'm saying? So I just know what type of guy he is. That's one of my little homies in the league. And uh, he don't want his game to look like that. He want his game to be come out the game and there's no question. He had three pass breakups, an interception, or, you know, a lot of plays. So – he he he's not happy with the game. He'll definitely be happy with the with the with the ring though. Gotta I mean I ain't mean to do that, but definitely <laughs> Akeem, in the end, you know, people often say, did the best team win the Super Bowl? You know what the Rams did, which is really impressive, dude. They were the most resilient team. Robert Woods, Cam Akers lost, yeah, OBJ, um, this game, Tyler Higby. You, yeah. you they were not at full strength. They had to win at Tampa. They, they fought, had to be- man. They fought. And that's that's a credit to Sean, man. He got all the guys ready, man. I'm telling you, it's certain coaches how you really ready to play for them. When they, when you believe it's next man up and you always got to be ready, sometimes it go through one ear and out the other. And so when some coaches said to you, you really he give you them looks and he know how to touch everybody in the building. So guys got to step in, man. Guys stepped up today, man. Big time, man. It was it was crazy. All right, Daryl Morey, Sixers GM, former Rocket GM, a bon vivant, a world traveler. Bon vivant, I'll have to explain that one. <laughs> Fancy guy. So oh. you're in Philadelphia. Let's start with this. Like Houston's a nice sports town, but there's something about the cold winters, the intensity, Northeast America. And I think this is a great quality. Philadelphia, they're hard on their GMs. They're hard on their players. They demand excellence. When you're driving to work and the Sixers are a topic on WIP radio, do you find it aggravating or wildly entertaining? I love it. Uh, I think my last uh, places I've worked, you could only hear football talk. So, uh, <laughs> <I'm>, <laughs> like we, uh, we actually uh, in Houston one year, we were, I think, in the Western Conference finals, and the only talk was the NFL draft. So, it uh, gives you a sense of how exciting it is here. The city's a city's a buzz. You know, Joel Embiid's the favorite for MVP. We got a past MVP. We got a stacked team. We got a championship coach. Let's go. Yeah, I, I said when the trade came down, I said it because it broke during my show. And I said, I think Philadelphia won the trade. Two reasons. One, and I don't think winning the trade, you know, that's a media term. But I said, generally in my life, get the best player. I thought you did. And I said, secondly, this is a really joyful team. The chemistry is good. I'm just adding a really great piece. I said, 
listen, they gave up a lot, but that's a lot of moving parts. And this is the middle of a season. So, Daryl, my takeaway was I do think it's easier to ask one great player to fit into a great locker room than a bunch of parts. Is that how you saw it? Yeah, I obviously have a real good sense of how good uh, James Harden is. And look, we have Joel Embiid. I, you know, can, I think he's going to finish his career being talked of as one of the all-time great big men. I think James Harden's already being talked about as one of the all-time great perimeter players. You know, put them put them together in terms of what you give up. I don't think you need to focus on that uh, as much when you have an MVP level player. Uh, I have a, I have a short trade deadline story about what we gave up. So, I'd like to hear it. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it's, it was the line of our trade deadline. So obviously we were trying to keep, you know, Tyrese Maxey and, yeah. and, and uh, Thibel uh, uh, out of the deal. Um, you know, and, and obviously my job is to keep track of the future. And we ended up, you know, they ended up insisting on, you know, two first round picks if we didn't include them. And, uh, you know, they're pretty steadfast. And at the end of the day, you have to either decide to make a deal or pass. And, you know, we've passed many times. So anyway, to get to the point of the story, we're debating whether we give up two first round picks and I'll rewind a couple of days. And I was talking to a Western conference team who we liked a player on their team. We offered one first for that player. They said, no. And I got a little bothered with the GM. I'm like, this guy's never going to give this player up, but I'm just going to offer two first to see, to see what happens, you know? And very quickly, he's like, no, to two first. This is a player, by the way, that every, every 2K player, Colin Cowherd, Nick Wright, every human on earth would have said, oh my God, you have to give that player up for two first. So I just did it just to like see. And he said no immediately. So fast forward to the final day, we're debating two firsts. And one of our great front office people were like, like three days ago, we couldn't even get this player for two firsts. Why are we debating this? Why are we even talking about this? We can get James Harden. He's a Hall of Fame player. And you're worried, and we're worried about a, you know, a first in the future that's protected. You know, that's the thing. I am very careful. I've never given up a unprotected future first. I think that can hurt franchises, but uh, you know, protected first we've, we've so even if things fall apart, you know, 2085 or whatever, when we gave it up, um, you know, it won't be a pick in the top of the draft. You know, I was st- I, I said on the air, I said, listen, Seth Curry, I, maybe you guys prize draft picks more. You know, I live in Los Angeles where the Rams just give away first round picks and their takeaway is hell. We're drafting bottom of the first round anyway. And I looked at the deal and I thought. What I wouldn't want to give up, what I would have fought for, because, I mean, you never want to give up two picks, right? The Curry is interesting because I do think in today's modern game, he he's a nice rotational piece. Is is that something you lost a, a night's sleep on, the, the Curry component? Yeah, you have to give up something to get something. Seth Curry was amazing for us. I mean, yes, one of the best shooters of all time. He's actually getting better, even though he's 32 or whatever he is. Uh, he came to his career later, and he's improving. So that was a very tough piece. So so was Drummond, who was giving us probably the best minutes behind Joel Embiid uh, ever. But you know, we thought that to to take advantage of Joel in his prime over the next several years, you know, we to win it, we had to have a player like James Harden. So we don't mind. Like, let's say people even are all right. Let's say we quote unquote overpaid. First off, I don't know what that means. 
we went from 2% title odds to, I think we're sitting at 13% right now. Um, so to me, it's like very straightforward. Our job is to give ourselves a chance to win the championship. This does it. Um, and you're going to have to give up something to get a player of James Harden's caliber. Are you worried a little bit? You gave up Ben Simmons. I mean, he wasn't playing this year. Um, so you're not really giving up his length. Um, you know, Drummond's a big, you know, Ben is a lot of length when he did play. Harden's not a great defender. Um, you still have, to me, I guess you have Embiid, Thibel. I guess probably that's not, I always think of, I, I don't know why I always think about this, but many of the great teams, it's tips. It's a possession. It the, You're battling for the ball. That, that stuff I think about all the time. What is something in this draft or in this trade that most of us in the media wouldn't think about? Like length is something bizarre I think about all the time in this league. Well, you should. I mean, obviously you have to have a top defense. We had, the I think, the second best defense last year. We had fallen to, to, to nine this year. I think what you're describing is why we love Ben Simmons. Like he is a very good player. Like that is why, you know, we, we would have preferred this didn't happen. It obviously happened. Um, but having his ability to rebound, set the pace, uh, deflections. I mean, I, he's, he's an unbelievable defender. So lots of reasons why, look, it was a win-win trade. You know, I take a step back and you know, this Colin, cause you're a student of multiple sports. Uh, the, a trade is sort of a North American creation. That's not totally true, but it's mostly true. It's mostly big in North America. It's not really something big in the other sports that are big in the world. And the re like some people question, like, why do you have trades? It's weird or whatever. You couldn't design a more, you know, Adam Silver should be so happy, right? You couldn't design a better reason for a trade than what just happened. Two players who wanted to be in a new situation, who are extremely good players, who will play very well in the other place and not this place. If, if this isn't the perfectly designed trade where both us and Brooklyn can get better and the rest of the East, I think, is nervous right now. Both of us, both of us are a lot better and the rest of the East, you know, did did moves and moves that improved them, but not like the sort of significant moves that Brooklyn and, and we did. You, you know, Daryl, it's interesting. I had said this on the air, Joint Taylor and I are both NBA fans. And I said, it's a bad year. I said this week ago, it's a bad year for stories. I said, the Simmons story is not, it's not any fun. Kyrie's not any fun. James isn't happy. It's not fun. Westbrook's not working in LA. I said, this has always been a story league, right? Well, the, today, I said on the air, I said, I can't wait to watch Harden play with Embiid. And I'm fascinated Ben Simmons surrounded by all these shooters. It's kind of a perfect place for him. And so, you know, my takeaway was, yeah, this is they just engineered two stories. I, it, it, Harden's an interesting player because in international soccer, if you look at Maradona, Ronaldo, Messi, Big personalities, everything from tax evasion to we know who their girlfriends are. Europe's ahead of us on this. We understand the stars are dramatic and they're like ro international royalty. In America, when a player's quirky, we're like bad teammate. So when I look at Harden, I'm like, well, when he's engaged 90% of his career, he's a Hall of Famer. He is not a guy. He's a little bit of an artist. He can he can be moody. But I, but I think to myself, well, that's inter that's international soccer. All right. the great players are sometimes it's our media naive to realize these are the world's greatest artists. Athletes are now. It's where all global wealth goes to buy teams. 
and that we have to bake in. They have needs. They have short careers. They are sensitive because they're hyper criticized and hardens just what global sports are. Yeah, I think, look, if you take a step back, we're an entertainment business and there's a lot of similarities to where you live. If you're still living in L.A., I assume you are in yes. Hollywood, where you have your Robert Downer Juniors, you have your you have your, um, uh, uh, you know, the <laughs> Christian Johnny, Bale, Christian Bale, Johnny Depp. You have these like hyper talented guys. They're just different. A lot of what makes them great is because they are different. Uh, and I think that's, I think that's absolutely true. And I think I love the notion of a team. I think we've all played teams generally. Uh, and I think the teams that you or I on Colin, I'm not trying to diss your sports career or whatever it might've been, but I'm guessing, I'm guessing you probably didn't play like Elton Brand, Brand played with, uh, you know, Ron Artest and uh, Lamar Odom when he was a kid, like right. the teams I'm on, everyone's, there's some better players, some worse players, but there's no, there's no like, uh, you know, future Mozart playing on my teams when I'm growing up. And, you know, these guys like James Harden and uh, the players I can't mention because they're on other teams that only you can mention, they are, they are artists, you know, they're, they're not Matisse, they're not Matisse Thibels, but they're, <laughs> but they're, uh, <laughs> uh, that was a terrible uh, joke. Yeah. But, um, they're, but they're, they are artists. They're different. And, you know, I think you probably see more of it in Hollywood than, than, than anybody. When you, Look at this team right now. Embiid has a little bit of an injury history. Do you feel, and Harden is now not 24 years old. Do you feel, listen, this is a two or three year window. How do you view the whole thing? I view it as, look, look the most important year is this year. Like, uh, we're in this phase where uh, I've never seen the NBA so wide open. I don't know what you think, Colin. Um it's like basically Phoenix, Golden State, Brooklyn, us, Milwaukee. If you look in Vegas right now, pretty much all of us have about the same odds and they're all about one and six. Um, so it's wide open. You don't see a Golden State, which we kept banging against that wall, uh, you know, our Houston teams. And prior to that, there was a Miami that everyone had to bang their head against. There's not a team like that that's sitting at 40, 50% title odds, which can happen in basketball. It's really rare. So it's wide open. This year's the most important. But we've got a good run. Hall of Fame players like James, they age well. I mean, I think if you look at both modern, the modern techniques that are out there, uh, Hall of Fame level ball handlers and basketball IQ players, there's a few in the league I can't mention, but you can say, are playing at a very high level late into their 30s. Um, and so we feel very good. Look, Joel's a big, bigs generally, uh, don't last quite as long, especially as you get over seven feet. Um, these years are critical, like the next few years. And, and we have, I think, arguably for sure, the best perimeter interior combination in the league. When you drive a vehicle so reliable, it's backed by a 10 year, 100,000 mile limited warranty. You stop thinking about what you can't do start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. 
The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Well, I bring him on a few times a year. I absolutely love him. He's Marcus Thompson. He's the Bay Area columnist for The Athletic. He's written a couple of three books now that are fantastic. KD, Golden, about Steph Curry, and Dynasties. The top 10 GOAT teams that changed the NBA forever. He's Marcus Thompson. So let's first talk about Golden State. So I think there's two teams that we would both acknowledge uh, are going to be a handful in the playoffs. Phoenix, bring back a lot of chemistry. Oh, yeah. uh, From coach to Chris Paul, ascending players. Milwaukee, similarly. Coach, culture, ascending players, Giannis. The third team we talk about is Golden State. My pushback would be, and I like him a lot, I get the coach, I get the culture, I get the stars, but there are two things I have to ask you about. One, the size or lack thereof, because as you know, the playoffs get more physical, size matters. And secondly, Clay's yeah. not shooting the ball particularly well. So let's address the first. Will size end up being too big a liability to win a championship for the Warriors? Well, you know, size doesn't matter with the Warriors, right? That's that's always been the case. I do wonder. If this is the year it catches up to him, right? I, I do wonder if after year after year of running big guys off the league, of you know, being too quick and shooting too well, I wonder if like, okay, this is a lot to ask. Um the the real issue isn't really the playoffs, though. The question I have is because they're playing small now, what will they have when the playoffs come? Because we've seen this team do this before, but they have like four or five centers to get them through the regular season. Then a playoff come and it's like, all right, Draymond's your center. 
but Draymond hadn't played center all year. So now you get guys like Kevon Looney and Draymond and the rest is like, you know, a bunch of small, small forwards and power forwards. So, Right. What does what does Kevon Looney have left at the end of the year? What will Draymond have left come playoff time? Uh, that th- they're just banking on what they always bank on. It's Steph. It's Clay. It's Draymond, and they're going to make enough shots. They're going to run fast enough, and in the crunch time, they're going to play good enough defense, and they'll win. That that's been the bet the whole time. So there's they're doubling down on it now. It's going to be tough, I think. Clay, listen, we we all had a question. What kind of year would it be for Clay? He's shooting 42% from the field and 37% from three. You watch him every game. Yeah. You see him at practice. Is there another gear this year? Uh, there is. You could see part of his issue is it was almost like Clay's like, uh, uh, what's my man, Chris Evans, uh, you know, uh, you know, Captain America. Like, remember, he was in the, in the freezing chamber, right? He's like frozen and he comes back. He's like, what year is this? And Clay's mind is 2019. Like he is like he was frozen. So he's still thinking, yo, I got this 20 foot step back. I got the pull up three in transition. I hit these shots, but he's, he's going to need some time to get that. So he's not really doing the thing where it's like, all right, let me work myself back. Let me kind of pace myself. Let me find my spots on the floor, get my rhythm. Clay came back like, nah, bro, I'm the same guy from 2019. And I think he's having a little clash with that reality that maybe he's not. And there's moments where he is that's kind of egging him on, right? Like against the Lakers, he was that guy. But since then, he hasn't been. So it's just, I think it's all kind of expected for a guy who hasn't been two and a half years playing. But look, I'll tell you this. If they don't have another year out of Klay Thompson, that's going to be really difficult to overcome. He's too important. They need him to take another gear to get closer to the guy we remember than where he is right now. You know, it's interesting because I always felt Andrew Wiggins had the personality of a great three or a solid two. I never thought he was a one. I've said the same thing. I think Anthony Davis is the best two potentially in the league. He doesn't want to be a one. He doesn't put the time in. He doesn't want that kind of burden. But when, when Wiggins got there initially, he was viewed kind of as an eventual trade piece. Do you, Marcus, when was the moment that you think the brain trust in Golden State said, shit? He's he's a great three. Some nights he's the world's best four. Like yeah. when, what what was the stretch? Because I feel like now he'll be a valuable piece in the playoffs. Yeah, I think they believed it. I think they were convinced last year when the Warriors went fifteen and five down the stretch. He he made a lot of big shots. And keep in mind, Steph didn't yep. have much with him. Right, Draymond was not an offensive weapon last year by by even his own admission. So you know he was pretty bad if Draymond was like, "Yo, I sucked." Uh, and that was it. No clay. They were banking on like Jordan Poole was a youngster, like not really in his, yep. in his prime yet. And it was, it was Steph and he needed some help and it was Wiggins. Uh, but I do think they always thought it would be him. I don't know how much of it is because of Wiggins or because they like this idea that when you come to the Warriors, you reach another level. Right. So it's not, it's not, it's like, Hey man, Wiggins, we saw who you were. Everybody doubted you, but now you with us, right? So we want to show that our system, our culture is different. And he's kind of the poster child for that. So I think they always believe that. I, I personally had this debate in the locker room with Warriors owner Joe Lacob, right? Where he's telling me I'm going to be wrong. I even had to say I was wrong. Like, all right, I didn't think Wiggins would be this good. I just didn't see it. So 
Right. I know, I know they've thought this from the beginning. They thought they had a steal. They thought they got a great player. They thought he'd be perfect. But I think it was convincing last year because he played the best ball he'd ever played. And he committed to defense in a way you just didn't see. You're right. So, right. Plus, they get the one up Minnesota, right? You'd be like, man, it was Minnesota's fault. So now this is like the Warriors version of member Suge Knight when he got on the stage and he was like, if you don't want the, the executive producer all in the video, they come to death row. That's essentially Wiggins is their way of saying that to the rest of the league. You don't like how your career is going. You think you're being underutilized. Come to the Warriors. We will rejuvenate your career. Come play with Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green and watch your career take off. Well, it's a little Stafford to the Rams. Dante yes, Fowler. Yes, absolutely. OBJ, Matt Stafford. I, I will. I don't think it's – I think Steve Kerr's collaborative. I think Sean McVay is. I think it's the California way. I think that's the, the way the world – the California economy, we're not authoritarian. It's a more collaborative kind of mission. Yeah, yeah. It's a more tolerant state. And I think the Rams do that. It, it's interesting with the Warriors because they're real twitchy. I look at the Kevin Durant thing now, and I think, God, he's got to be looking at this thinking, if I was with Golden State right now, (laughs) I mean, (laughs) uh, seriously. Now, when you wrote the book, KD, and I think we've talked about this, do you think he is the kind of guy that has regret? I mean, do you think he would allow himself to have these moments by himself thinking, man, that team, all that team needs is length? (laughs) I mean, that team would be... I I can now. It would be crazy. So they the Jordan Poole pick was the year after he left. So they would still they would have Jordan Poole yeah. if he stayed, right? Yeah, 20, 2018 up twenty. They wouldn't have yeah. Wiseman. They wouldn't, they wouldn't have, have Wiseman. Wiseman. They wouldn't have Wiggins. I mean, they'd still have Kevin Durant, which is better than whatever they would have had, right? So, right. but do you think do you think he looks at that Kyrie Steph exchange now with any regret? I don't know. I think I think KD's still too stubborn to do that, right? I still think he's like. I'm the best in the league, so let me show you why it don't matter. I, there, there might be that voice. I think the other voice is louder. The other voice that I'm the best in the game, like the other voice that says, "I deserve this," right? Like I'm, I'm, I'm too nice to be part of this collaborative situation. Uh, and, and I also think he's just tight with Kyrie. Like in, in the end, Katie, you know, I think he likes playing with his friends. He likes the relationships. He likes the off the court stuff too. And Kyrie's his friend. So I, I can't say what's happening privately. I, I, I think it'd be crazy to think he's not thinking that I just, what did I do here? But there is a louder voice that says I'm the best in the game. And I'm going to show you, I almost showed y'all last year in the playoffs, but I wore a size 7, 18 instead of a 17, right? So you watch what I'm going to do in the playoffs. And if I got anything with me, I'm going to prove to y'all how great I am. To me, I feel like that's the pervasive mindset of KD. It's just, he's going to be great. Do you think the Ben Simmons thing works? Absolutely. Absolutely. What what better could you put next to KD besides and Kyrie besides a guy who don't need shots? <laughs> like, I mean, here's a guy yeah. who's got to play defense, work hard, and he's got a chip on his shoulder. He's got something to prove. And he's six foot ten. Like, and in the fourth quarter, there is no question where that ball is going, right? There's no other possible person to say there, you don't have to worry about Ben Simmons saying, I got this, y'all. He's gonna look to pass. And I and I do think when they were working, it's because Harden had the ball and he was like a point guard. Remember, Kyrie was like, hey, man, you're the point guard because Harden's got that in his game where he can just say, look, I'm just yeah. going to distribute. That's Ben Simmons, right? 
And I do feel like that's a better fit because it's better defensively. It's better size. And he, he's got, he's got something to prove. He ain't trying to get out of there. Like James Harden was. I I do think that's a big difference. See, I think I just worry about all the, um, there's so many moving parts with Brooklyn. I look at Harden to Philadelphia and I'm like, shit, good locker room, star big, veteran coach. I do wish they would have retained Steph Curry, uh, Seth Curry. I think that's that, a big blow. Given that, that's a big blow. Yeah. It it really is. But I think Philadelphia is going to work pretty quick. Your thoughts on that? Yes, I do think so. The only worry I have, I agree 1000%. Seth Curry, that hurt. Like that's the part of the deal you kind of got to do to do it. But it's like, ouch. Right. You know, the best deals hurt both parties, right? So that's one of them situations where that that hurts a little bit. The, the only remaining worry I have is what happens with Tyrese Maxey. Because he was kind of flourishing as the point guard, right, as the playmaker. And now he's pretty much got to step aside. One of those dudes have to go off the ball and kind of be like a spot-up-ish type of player. So I'm interested to see how this works. It didn't work that well with Chris Paul and, and, and James Harden, and it didn't work that well with James Harden and Kyrie. But Tyrese Maxey isn't a superstar to be able to kind of demand anything out of the situation, right? So James Harden's going to get to do whatever he wants. So what happens to Tyrese Maxey? That's, if they figure that out, if Maxey can be good off the ball, if he can be some kind of slasher, if he can knock down open shots, then it's fine. But they're kind of – I mean, they're like uh, ready-baked cookies, man. Like you put them in the oven, they're going to go just because it's already yeah. there. And they have the big – they have the – the dominant big man. I, I do think that's a big difference than the dominant guard per se. How do the, how do you look at the um, the Lakers? Um, listen, the roster's old. The chemistry's average. Westbrook can't play off the ball. AD can't stay healthy. It is a weak front office, man. Like post Kobe, any problem they call an ex Laker. It's the opposite of the Warriors. Like I, I said, I've been saying this now for a couple of months. The Rams had a parade yesterday. The Lakers are ninth in the West, and there's a story out that they're going to bring the same team back. I would move AD. It sounds crazy. I think, I honestly, Marcus, think the pandemic did them a huge favor. It gave four months off to AD. He's never proven he can play in the last four years a full season. He got healthy. LeBron old got healthy. Like It's not like the trade didn't work. You got a title. I would move AD and blow the damn thing up. How do you view them going forward? I think they need a piece, another piece that prevents LeBron having to carry this team on his back in February. Right. And that's what Westbrook was supposed to be. A guy who'd be like, all right, man, look, I'm not about to go all out right now. (laughs) Right. I'm 37 years old. I'm like, got all these miles on me. You need me in the playoffs. And here he does, he has to be this Herculean figure in the fourth quarter, right? AD goes down now. Now he's now he's pretty much screwed. Like LeBron can't afford to tweak anything. So I right. think they need another player who can carry the load. And both Anthony Davis has proven he can't stay healthy. And Russell Westbrook seems to be past the moment where he's carrying teams. So that's the difficult part. How do you get that other player? If you got to do AD to get him, then that player needs to be pretty young, right? <laughs> you need to be somebody who can carry the ship because 
that was the plan. It was supposed to be a torch passing, right? It was supposed to be LeBron pass the torch. Now it's very clear that you cannot pass the torch to Anthony Davis. He's incredible. He's just not reliable. He, you just can't keep him on the court. So I don't know if I give him up because like you said, he's the best number two player, but then how are you going to get that other figure without giving him up? Like they don't have anything else to move. Make sure to check out the Draymond Green show. I brought Draymond Green into the volume because one of the more entertaining voices in sports, unique perspective, understands behind the rope, also chops up with guests like Gary Payton, Zach Levine, Tracy McGrady. Make sure download the Draymond Green show wherever you get your podcasts, only on the volume podcast network. By the way, I understood taking Zion over John Morant because here's my theory. Iverson, John Wall, Westbrook, John Morant, Steph Marbury, no titles. Uh, Bigs, Steph Curry got one without a big. But in the last 20 years, Duncan's got four, Shaq's got three, Gasol, even Kobe needed bigs. Like, I got it. Like, I was one of these. I got a lot of stuff with Zion. But I also said his torque, his power, his weight is an issue. Do you classify, is Zion a bust if you consider everything from the family to this health to the injuries in in your space in this league do people think bust no i think you've seen too much of the potential right um it's, it's hard to tell these days how much of this is like actual and how much of it is i don't want to play for new orleans anymore right like we could we you just don't know these days but I, when you saw him and he's shooting 67% from the field. I know it. Right? Like, I know it. it was like Wilt. Yes. Yeah, so it was like, if you just get him on the court, he doesn't even know how to play basketball yet. So I think it's too early. And we're starting to see these things in the league where maybe a guy five years later, figure it out. And he gets to say, you guys wrote me off. I think so. There's a, there's a right. bit of hesitant. I mean, you look at Andrew Wiggins as one of them, right? Where it's like, that's right. He's, a, he's an all-star starter now. I mean, it happens. Well, Julius years. Randall a little Julius bit. Julius Randall, yeah. So I think there's a, there's far more patience, but it's tough. It, it does feel a little Greg Oden, KD, right? Ja and and Zion, where it's like you you gotta go big. Like it's a big league. You gotta go big. But man, that perimeter dude looks really good. And so now you see yeah. Ja look like an MVP candidate. We ain't seen Zion since you know since before the pandemic. So. It's tough. I don't think I don't think it's it's bus label yet. I think he we we just need to know what the injury status is and when he's coming back. But I don't know a player that will rush back to New Orleans. Like <laughs> I don't know. You know maybe, is it the worst culture in the league? Do you think it's the worst culture in the league? I, I think the management is a little. I think the ownership and management. I mean, first off, like the Saints are the priority of the franchise of the ownership, right? Like that's. That's a tough, that's a tough pill to swallow. <laughs> like, you know, it's right. the most lit New Orleans is is Mardi Gras, Saints games, the LSU games, right? So I think it's just tough. But I do think the team is pretty good. And I do think Pelicans fans are pretty good. Like I've been to playoff games there. Like they ride with their team. So I do think they have some issues with the fact that the Saints owner owns the Pelicans and it's very clear what the priority is, right? And it's tough to kind of put everything behind your your Pelicans guy. So we've seen Anthony Davis leave and we're seeing Zion or we're not seeing him in New Orleans. Right. So there's got to be something behind the scenes. But I do think they're a really good young team and, and they're really engaged. And when they're good, the place is great. And 
Maybe it's just, you know, I like going to New Orleans, so I'm hoping the Pelicans are good again. <laughs> all right, Marcus Thompson touched all the bases. Three books. Golden, story about Steph Curry. KD, great book. And Dynasties, the top 10 GOAT teams that changed the NBA forever. He is Marcus Thompson, Bay Area, for the athletic, one of my favorite guys, and I love having you, man. Now, you're standing for this thing. I am worried about I your back. for Colin. You know what I'm saying? Any other pain? <laughs> no, nah, I'm just having a seat. But for Colin, Kyle, we out here. We standing up, man. We in the energy. You know what I'm saying? I'm ready. Let's go. I really appreciate that. <laughs> Thank you. That's dedication right there. Look at that. I'm on two feet. That's funny. It's the kind of guy you are. <laughs> I'm a stand-up gentleman. Yes, sir. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Boom. And we close with that. Thanks, man. No problem. Thank you. Volume. The Nikki Glazer Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glazer Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glazer Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glazer Podcast to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.